All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, presented by The Nation Network. Subscribe for free on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Thank you, Lisa. Welcome to Oilers Nation Radio, episode 68. Tyler, push the button. We are back. Thank you, We Coop. are back. Thank you, Coom. I he miss him. Gallivanting. I believe he's in India right now, living his best life. I want to start with a big thank you to our friends at Sherwood Ford the Giant, as always, for making this possible. Go ahead and follow them on Twitter, at Sherwood Ford, and on Instagram, at Sherwood Ford underscore the Giant. What I need you to do is if you are out in the streets, these mean streets of Yegg, and you see the nation truck cruising around, Tyler. Mm-hmm. You snap a photo of that baby. You post it on the gram. You post it on Twitter and you use the hashtag nation truck and you will be entered to win a $100 gift card. That is a $100 <laughs> gift card courtesy of our friends at Sherwood Ford the Giant. Again, on Twitter, it's at Sherwood Ford. And on Instagram, it is at Sherwood Ford underscore the Giant. They are fine people. They have fine vehicles. And they have fine service. Sherwood Ford. Wonderful. The Giant. The Giant. The giant. Giant dreams, giant vehicles, giant personality. Sherwood Ford, the giant. Thank you. To my right, Tyler. It's not Tyler. Tyler's sitting across from me, so I yep. can look at him. Nick Klaus Good is here as well. Nick Klaus Good is no, on thanks. the far end of the table. Heir to, to my... the good law form or fortune. <laughs> yep, good, good, and good. Yes, I am. To my immediate right, however, is a new friend. There's a newbie. There is a guy sitting near me that you may know. He's written on The Nation for quite some time. He's written on all Nation sites for quite some time. But yesterday was his very first day at Nation HQ. Zachary Lang, welcome. Hello, thank you very much. What are you doing here? Uh, I'm on the podcast now because I work here now. You do work here now. What are you doing for The Nation Network? I am coming on to do the content. So 
my official title, I guess, is news director. So you'll Fancy. see a lot of news things that I write. And uh, yeah, so writing on Oilers Nation as I have been forever. Well, four years, I guess, not forever, but you know, close mm-hmm. enough. It feels like forever. Uh, I'll be doing the weekend columns still and uh, banging out all that good content. Happy to have you here, buddy. Thanks, man. I'm happy to be here. You I'm also happy to have him here. Tyler's Aww. happy yeah. to have you here. You're so sweet, Tyler. Yeah. Thank you. I'm going to crack a fresh one for my friend, Zach. I, I broke the rule. I, I cracked mine before. Mm-hmm. I, I'm the new guy. To so. mm. be fair, you didn't know the rules. It's fair. I didn't know the rules. Zach, this kind of happened when you and I met up for beers in August. Yeah. We were sitting on a patio. Yep. We went through an extensive beer list. Ooh, it was good. We had plenty of them. We kind of talked about what it would take to get you away from post media, away from the crime beat at the Calgary Herald and what it would look like to potentially work with the nation network. And here we are, what, five months later, five months, yeah. math. here you are. We did it. I, I, whenever I think of you, I think of that Paul Rudd meme where it's like, look at us, just look at us. Yep. Yeah. It's awesome. I'm, I'm super excited to be here. I mean, it's been a long time goal of mine to join the Oilers nation team full time. And, uh, as a St. Albertan native, I am excited to have a bit of a homecoming. I didn't know you were a St. Albert boy. I lived there for 14 months. So, oh. is, so is Ty Guy. <laughs> Ty yeah. Guy's the same. I've lived ah. there for 19 years. Very nice. Handsome boy, Tyler. Thank He's you. sick today. Yeah, yeah everyone should know that Tyler is being a warrior for us today. Mm-hmm. I'm the Greg Campbell of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we love you for it, bud. <laughs> it's been a rough couple days for, for our old Ty Guy, but he's here putting in the work blocking shots before we get started we've obviously been off for a couple of weeks here with the christmas break i just want to go around the horn real quick how was uh how was the break for everybody personally i owe our friends at rig hand distillery a few broadcasts because mm. i was a little bit drunk for the last two weeks so mm. i kind of missed out on some post game shows ty that happens i haven't been on one in like three weeks either so uh I think we both need to get back to our winning ways a little bit here. Um, that's all right, though. Rick, well, that's great. What I'll tell you, though, is last night was my first one back, first one of the new year. Uh, every After every game, unless I'm shit-faced, I go live on Oilers Nation's Instagram. So it's official Oilers Nation. We take some calls in. We answer some questions in the chat. It's a good time. There's a good group of people there. Tyler's in there sometimes. He's never naked, though, but he should be. Now, last night was very fired up. After the loss to Buffalo, we're going to check in on that. But I want to go around the horn again, check in on everybody's Christmas. Nick Laus, how was your how was your break? That was okay. Nothing. N- n- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Man, when you get older, hey, when you're in your 30s, it's just, it's just like, like a, a shit. Yeah, it's like, okay, well, uh, might be uh, having to uh, maybe, I don't know, go overseas here pretty soon if... Uh, yeah, we were checking world, world events is uh, oh. progress as they do. Yeah. We were checking the uh, conscription age this morning, and to see how old you have to be before you can avoid being drafted. And oh shit! I think I might be on the. <laughs> oh, other you're edge. in the sweet spot there, Ty. Am I? Oh, you're in the sweet spot. spot. Yeah, you got no chance. So you better like shoot yourself in the toe or something. I would. What's, I would. What's too. the number? No. Well, in the U.S., the last update was 35. So oh, I turned 35 in April. So I just need to last until April. Is it the same in Canada, though? I don't know. I'm hoping. Ah. I'm hoping. Otherwise, I, too, will shoot off a toe. I don't need all 10. That's what I figure. So the reason I brought that up is because Christmas now all of a sudden seems less important. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Zach, um, how was your Christmas? You were, you were I, busy. I moved. I moved, so it was a wild Christmas. It was a busy Christmas. I was packing a lot. Now I'm unpacking a lot. I'm very tired. I got sick, but I'm feeling a bit better. It was terrible. So you did get Tyler sick. I we knew it. I didn't get Tyler sick. Last time I saw Tyler was when the Calgary Hitmen were 
in mm-hmm. Edmonton in the we, playoffs. We met up in the press box at Rogers Place. Oh, so you high fancy yeah. boys. Wow. See how I dropped that in there? Wow. Fancy boys. We high-fived. We Ate yourself hands. some popcorn. We talked for a few minutes. Mm-hmm. The guy drank a Dr. Pepper. Oh, it was really good. Ooh. I'm, I, I do enjoy a Dr. Pepper. They have 38 flavors, I heard. Something like that. I don't remember what goes into a Dr. Pepper. Uh, we <laughs> I think get, it's 23, isn't it? I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, we should get into some actual Oilers talk because nobody gives a shit what we yeah. do on Christmas break. Yeah, so, exactly. Tyler, we are going to start off with the Sherwood Ford giant question of the week. Giant, 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 giant. The Sherwood Ford giant question of the week brought to you by the fantastic folks at Sherwood Ford the giant is, what should the Edmonton Oilers New Year's resolution be? We had some tremendous responses. Nation Dan chimed in on Instagram and said, get Connor his cup. Surveyor Brett said, stop playing Mike Smith. Um, some people went a little bit more in-depth, like play the full 60 minutes in all the games, get dry sidled to play a complete game, be consistent with winning. Um, mine is just simply, and I think it's more of a resolution for the entire decade, not another decade of darkness. Let's make it a decade of sunshine. That's what I think the resolution should be. That'd be really nice. So that was on Instagram. That is at ON Radio Podcast on Instagram. And on Twitter, we got a couple of responses as well from our buddy Sam Akehurst. He says, win more trades than they lose. Mm-hmm. Sign more team-friendly deals than player-friendly. Be better than half of the NHL teams, which doesn't seem like much, but around here, it seems like a lot. I got a comment for that. Go ahead. Because I did see that that tweet the other day. Are there that many non-team friendly deals on the Oilers? If I actually think that we have quite a few team friendly deals. You Chris Russell would like to have a word with you. Chris, like man, Chris. And you know what? That's the one that everyone turns to. Mm-hmm. Um, Koskinen is not a team friendly deal. But other than that, like our best players are on team friendly deals. Cloughbaum, McDavid, and Drysaddle are all on team friendly deals. You so I, 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 respe- I respect the comment, but it's just like I think people kind of blow that thing out of proportion. Everybody's got a Chris. Every team's got a Chris Russell contract on him. Well, I think that Chris Russell's an NHL player too. He is. He's just overpaid. Yeah. But like that's fuck not his it, man. That's not his fault. No, I'd sign that deal. I'd run to the fucking yeah. fax machine. So I think that for me, what this tells this comment, and I'm just obviously I have no idea what Sam's talking no, about absolutely. specifically, but like yeah. for me, what this means is like got to avoid big fish in free agency. That's where teams get absolutely slaughtered. Like I the Cheech deal was terrible. I mean, Sakaris was a lot of money. It wasn't awful, but it was a lot of money. Do you know what I mean? I don't know mm-hmm. how many teams really, really improve outside of adding like a piece here or two in free agency. Mm-hmm. And I think for a long time, especially over the last decade, that the Oilers fished far too much in that pool. And I would like them to avoid that. Tinker. Yeah. Definitely tinker. Or if there's a guy you can take a run at that's like a legitimate game changer, then you, you go for it, obviously. Yeah. But I don't think that you can solve all your holes Mm-mm. and plug every hole in the dam by a free agency. You shouldn't try to, at least. The second one I can understand, because I think that was more of a necessity at the time. Yeah. We needed to bring in a guy that had his skill set. And sometimes people have to remember this. To bring a guy into Edmonton, you have to overpay sometimes to do that, right? So he, he played well for us while he was healthy. It's just the, the guy was hardly ever healthy. That was the big issue. We got one from Rhonda as well. This is again at ON Radio Podcast. Rhonda says, don't just rely on raw talent. Work hard every game, all game. Put in the work. And I think that's something that could almost apply to the game last night to tie it all in together. Consistency. Yeah, consistency, playing a little bit harder defense at times. little things that are, they're not doing anymore that they were doing at the start of the year where it's like, you know, the drop passes in the neutral zone, in the defensive zone. Both defensemen on that one goal, Larson and Lajeson going behind the net together. It's just little team uh, structural things that are just falling apart. So we also had this question in the mailbag on Monday at OilersNation.com. Every Monday we got the mailbag. So my 
answer and that was attention to detail. Yeah. So I feel like that fits right in with what you just Absolutely. said. Absolutely. Where you're not both D-men going behind the net. Last night on the second goal where Sam Reinhart had all day to make a sandwich in the slot to get that deflection where Russell and Nurse were just kind of looking at him. Nobody marked their man. That's just attention to detail to me. Flying the zone early when you don't have an outlet pass for a breakout. Attention to detail. Earlier in October and November, we weren't seeing all of these weird stretch passes. We weren't seeing the forced cross-ice passes. We weren't seeing all that stuff. And I think that if they got back to a simpler play, we'd probably be all right. Well, so everyone kept it simple, and then it allowed McDavid and Drysaddle to kind of strut their stuff a bit. And now it almost feels like McDavid and Drysaddle, not that even McDavid's at a rough patch, but they're slightly less productive than they were earlier in the season. And it almost feels like everyone else in the lineup is just trying to do too much. Well, this is what happens, especially on Drysaddle's part. I know he's getting burned a lot for you know, the amount of five on five goals he's allowing as opposed to what he's scoring, the differential. So what I'm looking for, Yeah. but this is what happens when you have a player who plays, you know, the second most ice time out of forwards in the league and is playing the most shorthanded minutes on your team as a forward. Like this is what happened. This is, this is what people are talking about when it says it's going to catch up to you. Eventually the little things start to fall apart because you're just, your body's, Slowly and slowly getting more and more exhausted as the season wears on. As a New Year's resolution, how would you label that? Nick Laus, what would you say would be a solid New Year's resolution for the Edmonton Oilers? 2020 is yeah. here. Well, I mean, I th- the attention to detail thing is what comes to mind. I mean, I don't know what else to really, how else to better say it than we've already said. But it's just, uh, my question though is like, wh- is it is that a coaching thing or is that a player thing? Combination of both, which it's, is the easy answer. It's a bit of both. I mean, it depends on who you have on that roster and how they're being utilized. I mm-hmm. mean, you look at the way the Oilers have been made up as a franchise roster-wise for a long time. We've been a top-heavy team for mm-hmm. the better part of the entire decade. And, I mean, even our bottom six guys right now are mainly kind of PK guys who have struggled largely at five-on-five. Five. And thankfully, some guys like Riley, Cheyenne are starting to find their way a little bit more, which is great. But I think it's a little bit of both when you look at it. Yeah. To me, I think it's on the players, man. When Dave Tippett was in Arizona, what was the one thing you always said about his teams? Sound defensively. Sound defensively, attention yeah. to detail, bore you to death and win a hockey game. And to me, the Oilers aren't doing that right now. And I think I don't think it's Dave Tippett's fault that they're not. I think it's kind of the cards he has in his hand. Well, I've been doing the Oilers in seven all season long here, breaking down the team. And just, I got another one coming out this afternoon. Little on OilersNation.com. On OilersNation.com. Um, our goals against per 60 at even strength has been abysmal for the last 30 games. I mean, we're averaging well over three goals against per hour of ice time. I mean, you're, you're not going to win games that way in this NHL. And especially when you're struggling to score offensively too, beyond your powerhouse of uh, McDryseidel. Well, right now it's struggling to score outside of their power play almost. Yep. Never mind those big guns mm-hmm. at even strength, right? So I want to start, I want to flip this, I guess. I've got Bag Milk's giant question of the week. What would be a New Year's resolutions for Edmonton Oilers fans? We're all fans of the team. We watch them every, we watch them night in, night out. Tyler, if you were going to give a New Year's resolution for Edmonton Oilers fans, you read the text line at TSN, you see what people are saying, you see the comments at the nation, you're on Twitter. What would you say, my friend? Keep perspective, I think would be my resolution. And That's good. I like this. And part of it is, at the beginning of this year, what were expectations for the Edmonton Oilers? Playoff bubble team? And Ken Holland was going to be able to put his stamp on things next summer when they have over $23 million in cap space. Yeah. Right now, the Oilers are in a playoff spot, and it's about to be game 43. That is a positive still. Like, the seven-game winning streak or whatever it was to start the year, it blew things out of proportion. It, yeah. Expectations got too high, and now you're at a point where... I, I think we all just need to take a step back and go, they're fighting for a playoff spot. 
they just came out of a almost a month long cold streak and are still in a playoff spot. Mm-hmm. And their division's not that good. Like it's st- a playoff spot is still there for the taking in the Pacific Division. And I, I think just stepping back and not getting mad at Ken Holland for dumping a bunch of assets into a rental or anything like that. Just take a step back and remember what the plan was a little bit. I know preaching patience is nauseating at this point because we just did it for an entire decade, but I think right now it's still important. Nick, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I'll touch on what uh, what Tyler was talking about. I had written about it last week at that very thing. I went through some preseason predictions that uh, major outlets had made, uh, Sports Illustrated, NHL.com, TSN. Um, and there was another one on there I don't remember, but none of them had the Oilers. Barely any of them had the Oilers making the playoffs. They all had them right around fifth in the Pacific division. So the reason I bring that up is like Tyler said, perspective, what were our expectations going into the year on the NHL.com site? They had 20 writers all make predictions and none of them had the Oilers in the playoffs. So nobody wants to hear preach patience right now. They don't, but it, unfortunately it's the truth. Holland said it himself in the off season patience. Um, there's a reason why a lot of these guys that he brought in are signed to one year deals, which to me again, kind of team friendly doesn't lock you into anything long-term and it has gives you a lot of a lot of leverage and uh flexibility for the for the summer so yeah i mean just enjoy what we kind of have right now because it's a little it's more than what was expected before i get to zach just changing gears really quickly so far we're at game 43 Mm -hmm. who's been your favorite scratch ticket so far to me it's hands down gaetan haas yeah, I was going to say that. I don't know how there's an argument for anyone else. Yeah. They found a legitimate NHL yeah. player hiding in the Swiss Alps. It's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. I, I'm a big Nygaard apologist. I really like what Nygaard has brought to the table, too. I, I'm a big Haas guy as well, but I like Nygaard's speed and that offensive prowess he's shown a little bit. He really gets in on that forecheck. He utilizes that speed. I think he's got to adjust a little bit more to the NHL game and NHL style, but I think there's another player there, too, in both those guys. I, I really like what both of them have brought to the table this year. I, last night, though, Nygaard, to me, just showed exactly a summation of what he's been lots of speed can get a break but as soon as he has the puck on his stick he has just no hands you know yeah. what it is it dies a little bit his shot reminds me of ryan smith's a little bit <laughs> a little where bit it's just muffin. like a little fluttering yeah. wrist shot uh back to new year's resolutions for the fan zach what do you got trust the process um I, I think it kind of goes along with what everybody else has said around the table here. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm a fan of Ken Holland. I, I like what he did in the offseason by, as Nicholas said, um, bringing in these one-year contract guys. It, it's hard when you have a new coach and a new GM coming in every couple of years or every season. They have to reevaluate the team. They have to evaluate the franchise where we're at. We're still in a playoff spot or battling for a playoff spot right now. I think we just got to trust the process a little bit. And, and and I think this is the offseason where Holland really can put his stamp on this franchise and, and really see what we have here. We're, we're paying for Shirley's trade sins still. And it's not fair, mm-hmm. and but it's the reality. And so the, the one thing you don't want is to have a GM come in and make a bunch of rash decisions and, you know, have it have a over expectation of what the roster actually is. And because we, we've seen that in the past too, where we think this is a playoff roster yep. or we think this is a, a high caliber roster and make a lot of short sighted decisions, which, you know, like Zach said, trust the long view. Holland has a long view. Here's, sorry. Go. I was just thinking that like, I was thinking about the other day, I was watching the new year's Eve game against the Rangers, my brother-in-law. Mm-hmm. And we were just watching how well Ryan Strom's playing for the Rangers right now. And all I could think about is this team would probably be a full step or two ahead of itself had they fired Shirelli last year and not been allowed to move the Stroms for Spooners, who's now in the fucking KHL. Oh boy, wouldn't uh, Drake Kajula would, yeah. would be a nice depth scorer. That's Brandon insane. Manning is just, he's not playing in the AHL. 
Like that's, you know, 5 million bucks in just wasted money right now. And I'm not saying Sam Gagne has wasted money because I think that there's actually some value in what he can do for a team. But at $3 million, it's obviously too much money. Mm-hmm. Ryan Strom would be a much better fit for this team than what Sam Gagne does in the odd chance that he does play, right? Yeah, so, think of like a third line of Gaetan Haas, Ryan Strom, and Drake Kajula. I, I like it, right? Oh, could you be all right? Uh, my just wrapping up this quickly, the Sherwood Ford giant question of the day or week, I should say new year's resolution for the fans. Sometimes you have to look past the star players on what's going on with the roster. Yes. Connor and Leon play the most minutes on the team. Yes. They are invaluable to the team. However, when the rest of your lineup cannot perform at an NHL level, you need to look past the star players. Hockey is not basketball. You can't have your all-star come onto the ice and carry everybody else to a victory. You're just so, there's so many other things that go on that, yeah, dry settles goals against probably look pretty ugly, but there's, you can't just put that just on the, on the player who's scoring what? He has 60 points now? 62. Like, Christ, guys. Yeah. At best, your star is going to play a third of the game. You need... Yeah guys that can fill out the other two thirds or else you're not going to compete. And I wish Oilers fans would kind of understand that a little bit better. Sometimes is, is this a good opportunity to talk about Darnell nurse? Go ahead. Sure. Cool. Well, what, like what, what, what happens here? That's well, just my question to the table. Like I'm what's, telling the, what's the question? What, what happens here? My thoughts are he's not earning himself $7 million right now. He's Absolutely not earning not. himself Josh Morrissey money, Nope. but, but He's now got twenty four games so without then, a goal. So then, how does that nego- negotiation look? You gotta, you gotta get him for five. That's what you gotta do. Or do you just try to? Deal We're doing it? another bridge deal. I think is where this you is gonna so? go. Yeah, I think Could that. Be. You know what? I would honestly open the phones just to see what interest is in Darnell Nurse. No, and that's not me saying that I don't like the player because I do. There's good a GM, lot of stuff. Good GMs do that. Then that's my point. There's a lot of things to like about Darnell Nurse. Obviously, he's very quick. He's tough. He's strong. He's compete. He competes. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things to like about Darnell Nurse. Hands down, no doubt. However, when you're in a cap world and you've also got four and a half millions in debt in dead space on your books, you need to look at what other teams would put out potentially offer would somebody be able to give you a top six winger or something like that for darnell nurse do the Oilers need scoring would bite bite on that so two things on that note first of all i keep thinking of the toronto maple leafs because kyle dubas has that relationship with darnell nurse going all the way back to the sioux greyhounds toronto has uh one defense yeah and an abundance an abundance of forwards who can play middle six, top six. Counter argument for me, though, is that, well, we're just going to trade away another defenseman we spent yep. X amount of years developing. And, and that's, that's the problem. The big issue that I have. Jeff Petrie. Look at 2.0. Jeff Petrie, yeah. Justin Schultz. They We traded him for Magic Beans. The Magic Beans turned out to be nothing. And they have gone and had successful careers otherwise. I think you need to try and lock in Nurse to a Clef Bomb esque contract where you can see if you can get him for five or six years, maybe $5 million and go from there. See, I would love that. If, if they could do that, there's, there's no question that you keep them. It's just, to me, it's all, it's only about money. It's not about necessarily about the player, but you talked about cap world before. That's those two things go hand in hand yep. now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tyler, you got thoughts. I see them on your face. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I need to be careful with this, but who do we know as kind of the core around Connor McDavid, like personally almost, or is, who he, right. Who's a good friend of his? Darnell, Darnell, Darnell Nurses. Darnell? So is there a part of you that thinks, like, and maybe this is just me being pessimistic and all that, 
What if you trade Darnell Nurse and a year from now, the, a year after you trade him, the trade looks bad? Sure. And that you're 100% could, right. And that could lead to Connor McDavid going, they're trading the guys I like. They're not trading them for good players. He was tight with Strom as well. Trading the guys I like, not trading them for good players. There's no future here for me. I don't like it. I don't, I'm not saying he would or he wouldn't because I don't think he's the type to ask out. And at the end of the day, they have him under contract. He is sort of not really a choice. If the Oilers wanted to play eight years, he's playing eight years. Uh, on or the, not playing. Or not playing. On that note, too, wasn't it Friedman who said a year or two ago that, what is it, that we have two years with Connor McDavid? He said really that this summer. Him? Was it this, this summer? summer? There you go, right? That's a, that's a year from now. That's not a lot of time. If If that still rings true, right? I mean, we need to show McDavid and, and these dry settle guys that we are legit and this franchise is going to be moving mm. forward to a playoff spot. I just want to uh, clarify. I'm not saying trade Darnell Nurse. I don't, I don't think any no. of us are. It's just that the economics of the NHL, y- you kind of have to listen, don't you? I don't Absolutely. think he's your best left shot defenseman. And nope. if you're going to get to a situation, I know Clefbaum's on a bargain, but mm. you're going to pay Nurse like he's your best left shot mm. defenseman. So, yes, I agree that Clefbaum is your best lefty. Do you at all look at those two together as a an average salary of something that might be acceptable? Maybe, yeah. Like if you, I guess if you can sit there and be like, we have our top two left-handed defensemen locked up for a total of ten million dollars. You're probably pretty happy with that, especially considering their age and the term on the deals. Speaking of lefties, I want to talk about um, Caleb Jones a little bit. William Ladison got the recall along with Yamamoto last week. He's played the last two. Caleb Jones has sat out. What is your sense, your feeling, your thoughts on Caleb Jones? Is he just kind of waiting for a chance to get back in? I wouldn't be surprised if he plays tomorrow against Boston, by the way. But um, what's your sense on Caleb Jones? Is he part of the plan? Is he not? Is he a trade chip? What are we doing with him? I think he's one of the trade chips for sure. I mean, I'm a Caleb Jones fan. I like what he can do. I like what he's brought to the table. I I almost wonder if there's a little bit of a showcase going on here, bringing up Ladgerson and, and Jones. Like, to give William a little bit of time, maybe see what he can do in the NHL here. Who knows? Maybe they're shopping him. That's that's the only thing that really jumped out to me when I, I heard of that recall. Every team has a Caleb Jones and a William Lagason, though, really, right? Yeah. Like, lots of teams have these AHL demon, or oh, maybe they're ready, maybe they're not. So, to me, it's Caleb Jones would be a sweetener in a deal, along with, like, your 2021 second-round pick or, or something like that. I, I do you think that Lagason, Puliarvi, and maybe a pick of some kind? Although Elliot Friedman in the latest 31 Thoughts says the Oilers are against trading picks right now, which I get. Do you think then Caleb Jones and Puliarvi could get you something of value if they those two are not going to be in the plans going forward? I would trade the 2021 second round pick if I'm getting something that's also under control for next season, right? So whether it's Athens CU, whether it's uh, whoever with a year left of term, right? And then apart from that pick, I think... I think you're looking at Caleb Jones and Yesapulu Yarvi as your two biggest trade ships, right? <laughs> okay, sure. Nick, you don't agree? Well, I mean, probably, but I mean, if somebody wants to take Puli Yarvi, take Puli Yarvi. Yeah, I point. know. But you know what I mean, right? Yeah, like yeah, the two absolutely. most realistic well, biggest trades. Well, I mean, I think it depends. It depends what... You, you're right. The Oilers at this point, if they're trading any sort of future asset as in a, a draft pick next year or, or whatever... Uh, a really high end prospect. You're looking for some a very good player in their prime, mid twenties, uh, who's under contract. So, I mean, depending on what the return is, though, like maybe I just, I just don't see Holland parting with Broberg. But at some point, maybe a guy like him or Bouchard, uh, you know, music to Jay's ears, maybe they get put on the table if the return is big enough. 
Well, this is the thing. What the hell is Pooley, Yarvey, and Jones going to get you out there right now? Because clearly, to Ken Holland is playing. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> to me, nothing. Clearly, people I think, who are holding over this Pooley, this like this huge Pooley Yarvey trade are just like. I'm not saying yeah. huge trade, but nope. could you get a, a a winger that could perhaps contribute in the middle six? I don't think you get an Athanasiu with just a Pooley Yarvey, Caleb Jones, and a second round uh, pick. I think you're trading Pooley Yarvey for another problem player, probably like a Josh Hosang. Yeah, like Josh Hosang or Elias Anderson, which is not a sexy trade by any no. means. But you're hoping that that guy can come in and just be again. The Willers change the scenery. The Willers yeah. I mean, such a history what can you do? of this, though, of trying to be the reclamation of course. place where it's like, you know, the Camp Barkers, the Gilbert Brulees. <sighs> yeah, you know what I mean? So it's like, I, I'm at the point where I'm like, I don't even want to bother with that. I'd rather just try to pick up another third round pick for Pugliarvi straight up. Oh, really? Fuck, that sucks. So I know. Much, I know it sucks, but it's like I'd rather get a warm body. I think someone yeah. who's a little bit further along the development curve. Honestly, though, at this point, you're trading him for a guy that's a third line player, which like is fine because that's all he yeah, is right now yeah, at yeah, best. Yeah. I mean, like. What's the percentage that a third round pick actually turns out to be an NHL player? Like 15%? Sure, tops? probably less. 10% or less. Yeah. They play right, and what are the odds that Elias Anderson or Josh Hosang are NHL players? I don't want either of those guys either. I'm just I saying, know, yeah. but I think the odds of them turning out are better than a third round pick. But at the same time, we know Holland likes picks. Mm-hmm. So. so right now in Carpat... In 32 games played, Jesse has 13 goals and 17 assists. So he's not even a point per game See, player. Like that's right now. <laughs> I know. Disappointing. It's 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 bad, man. Dusty it's will what, hate to hear what that. it is. Well, it's bad, is what it is. People thought he was going to go over there and magically churn up some value. At the end of the day, if teams didn't think he was an NHL player 12 months ago, 30 games in Finland aren't. They're all, they're just going to all sit it. Look at Ken Holland and go. Well, can he do it in the NHL? We, he he's done it in Finland when he was a kid. He did he did all that. What can he do in the NHL? Exactly. And that answer still isn't out there. Like when Yarmo Karkalainen passes on him at third overall, that should have just been such a red flag. But at the same point, though, like that's us rewriting history a little bit because, like, if anybody would have taken him at four, anybody would have. And and Brian Burke has said that I believe as well. Like Burke has gone on record and been like, if he was there at four, he was our pick over Kachuk or wherever they ended up selecting. Right? He was the guy. He was the guy. His uh, NHL E, his NHL equivalent is thirty five points over an eighty two game pace at that production, which is probably what Jesse Puliarvi, at his best, might be in the NHL a thirty forty point guy. Mm-hmm. Maybe, yeah. Well, I mean, at least this season the Oilers could use more thirty, forty point guys. Mm, yeah, be nice. Be nice. I, I still don't. I mean, we've we've beaten this horse to death a million times. It's just like I don't understand how with the new coach, new GM, he couldn't see an opportunity for himself on the right wing. I just don't get it. Because I don't think it was about playing time or anything like that. And I get it. I think it was about between the walls. I get it. I get all that, but. You know, the reality of being an adult is there are a lot of times when you work with people that you don't necessarily like and you go out and you do your job because that's what you fucking do. Yeah. And I'm Tyler comes to this podcast every week, for God's sake. Exactly. Um, Zach, <laughs> you, you covered a little bit of junior hockey. Like, how often do you see that in the dub where a kid, granted they're 16 or 17 or 18, so much less mature than JP should be, but how often do you see a kid just go, I'm done. I'm done. Yep. Trade me somewhere else. Like, it happened this year with the Oil Kings. A kid went home and said, I'm playing in the Memorial Cup this year. I'm not playing for you. I'm only playing for Kelowna. Figure it out. Like, yep. this happens all the time in hockey, absolutely. but at the point, happens a lot when the kids are a little bit immature, right? Yep, absolutely. I mean, I, I've i seen it covering the AJHL in my time, too. number of times where player's not happy, player's a good player, but he just doesn't like the situation, doesn't want to be there, so he takes his bag and he goes home. Anybody right? think there's any opportunity for Jesse Pugliarvi? I just want to wrap this up. 
any opportunity for him to Anthony Duclair himself somewhere else? No. Always yes. a possibility, well, but sure, is it right. not a good possibility? Yes, I think so. I think he still still has the potential to to do something maybe not special or great in the NHL, but I still think he's got the ability to be a damn fine NHL player one day. I don't know. Not an all-star, but a guy who maybe he scores 20 goals five, six times, and yeah. there's his career. Like a 30, 40-point guy. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. He's got it. I don't know. It's, it's, every time I've watched him play, I just don't see anything about him other than his really, really nice wrist shot that screams. This guy has yeah. like all-star skill. And that's a big reason I think why scouts fell in love with him because when you can be the best, when you're the best player on the ice, and you have those kind of skills, it looks great when you're in Finland, especially but, when you're huge too, and you're huge. You're way bigger than everyone. You're the best player of the world juniors, all this stuff. But it completely changes. We saw it with Yakupov. What what are you like when you're not the best player on the ice? Mm. And the thing is too is we can't discount the the change in ice size yeah, and exactly. the change you in so lifestyle better. too. Like how how big of a difference is it for a uh, for a young eighteen year old Finn who can already speak a lick of English yeah. to come to North America, have to adjust to a new culture, a new lifestyle, and I mean, a, I an g- ice that's so much smaller. I get that, but how many eighteen year old Europeans have been drafted to North America and have made it work? At some point, that not th- denying it. At some point, that and I get it. I'm not I'm not discounting yeah. it, but at some point, that excuse can't be the only excuse oh and i'm not saying that it is and like with, with, with yakupov the guy played in uh, ontario for two years yeah but all he could junior. do was score goals yeah. like he, he wasn't anything beyond a how pure did we goal do scorer. this the, Sarnia, the, right the, like the decade is over shit. we're talking about yakupov again bag milk let's move on shout out to yakupov <laughs> you know it's never you know what i never get talking about get tired of talking about even here in 2020 are our fine friends at skip the dishes.ca yes why because i don't know how to cook very well but what I do know how to do is order food online, Zach. I found a great vegan Indian restaurant and skipped the dishes the other day, and I have ordered it a large amount of times in the last few days. Of course you do, because they have a wonderful selection of restaurants of all cuisines. You want some nice Indian food, maybe a nice curry? You go on skipthedish.ca. You want a donair because it's late at night? You go on skipthedish.ca. You want some pizza? Go on skipthedish.ca. No matter what you are looking for to eat, our friends at skipthedishes.ca are there to help you. Unless you're Arby's, because Arby's just doesn't want to sell roast beef sandwiches, I guess. <laughs> Figure it out, Arby's. Figure it out, Arby's. All right. So I need to get to the last three Oilers games that they played. We've been away for a while. And I need to talk about it because all three of those games, I'm talking about Calgary, I'm talking about the Rangers, I'm talking about the Sabres. All three of them had different layers of shit sandwich to go through. I want to start with Calgary real quick. And I want to go ahead and say that that was probably one of the worst games that I have seen the Oilers play in years. It was so disheartening to watch them just completely shit themselves in the very first battle of Alberta of the season. And I know there was the Christmas break. Everybody goes out and they, they do their thing, but I just can't help but feel like yeah, but there's you two should, teams on the ice. Exactly. I can't help but feel like you should be able to get yourselves motivated for the first bow of the season. Anybody? Yeah, that was, without a doubt, like there have been bad losses, 6 nothing, 7-2, wherever you want to point over the years in the decade of darkness. But considering a Battle of Alberta game with a playoff spot on the line, on home ice coming out of the Christmas break when you just won a game against Montreal before the break, like everything was lining up to this should be a great night. And 11 seconds in, it turned into a bad night. Do you guys want to know? Like, game so, sucked. So I had... Uh, I had my buddy Gene Shorts in town. He was in for Christmas and we had planned on getting 
tickets to that Calgary game. We were going to get last minute seats. We were going to do the thing where you hang out, you have a beer at Ford hall, grab late seat, grab some late tickets and go in. Mm -hmm. They were, the game was, it was one of the few sellouts we've had recently. And the aftermarket tickets, they didn't really get that cheap. Mm. So we just decided, well, all right, let's just have drinks at home. We'll invite some buddies over. We'll have a good night and watch the game at home, which my God, I have never been more thankful to stay in my house than I was that night. Yeah. It was shocking. Were you there, Tyler? I was there. What was the vibe like in the building? Oh, in, unless you were at a Flames fan. Um, well, there were a lot of Flames fans heckling. Yeah. And that well, certainly didn't look good. Deservedly so. Uh, um, it was just silent. It was, you could tell, you could almost sense the frustration in the crowd. It sucked. It just straight up sucked. And the worst part was, you, as old school and barbarous as this sounds, you might have been able to walk away, or barbaric, I should say. Um, barbarous. Yeah, that was not a word, barbarous. but barbaric is. Um, <laughs> I lost my train of thought. Oh, um, it would have been a little bit better, like Chase on, Chase on took someone down, right? Maybe show some physical fight, right? Uh, Why not right. just grab someone? I wish Cassian would have just grabbed Kachuk, take the fine, beat the crap out of someone, show you cared, because the thing that pissed me off the most of that game, it just didn't seem like they gave a shit. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny because you look at the, uh, the the analytics of the game, and as the game progressed, the Oilers actually dominated Calgary 5-on-5. Five five. Score effects. Yeah. They had some good it's, shifts. It's, it's, it's actually funny. The first period was god-awful, like uh, like we had mentioned before, Bag Milk mentioned, 4-0 to zero as far as high-danger chances go. But yeah, as the, as the game went on, the Oilers seemed to have played well. It's just you get off to that awful start. And it's funny because actually earlier in the year we showed a little bit more resilience of ability to battle yeah. back from that kind of thing. But it's just like it's certain, once that kind of thing gets into your head, it's so what you, I just mean like game to game of going down early and not being able to get back. Then you it's it, it sounds kind of corny, but it's like you have less belief in yourself to do it. It's the here we go again syndrome, yeah. right? You're up to nothing against Buffalo. They get one and you're kind of just like, well, here we go again. Mm-hmm. And. Fucking what happens. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's move forward from the shitacular effort against the Calgary Flames <laughs> to the New Year's Eve game against the Rangers. That uh, was a fun hockey New game. New Year's Eve massacre. That was weird. That game was arguably one of the strangest games that I've seen in a long time. It is not very often where you sport yourself a six-goal lead and it comes down to the final moments of the third period where you actually ice the game. Mm-hmm. I have never seen that before. Almost became the first team to blow a 6 nothing lead. Yeah, like I'm thanks not to lie. Sportsnet stats for putting mm-hmm. that out there midway through. <laughs> well, no team in history has ever lost after a six-goal lead. I was laughing as that whole game was going on because there was part of me that just wanted the Rangers to win it just to be able to laugh at it and be like, oh, what a way to cap off the decade. Like mm-hmm. what an Oilers way to close out the decade. You know what I mean? I don't know. I like to watch the world burn a little bit. <laughs> no one likes to laugh at the Oilers more than Oilers fans, right? It's true. Like, I love laughing at them. Um, and but we're that very good at fuck. it. We are very yeah. good at it. So it was like, so my question for you guys is, all right, so last night they had a two-goal lead, like Tyler said. Um, Riley Shane scored. My boy Nuge got himself going. Two-goal lead, first period, rock solid. At one point, they were up 9-1 to one on the shot clock, and you're just looking at like, wow, the Oilers are really hammering them here early in this game. Mm-hmm. And you're just thinking, wow, can they keep this up? And then as the second period starts, things start to slow down. The ice starts to tilt the other way, and you're like, oh, no, here we go again. And then what happened in the third was, had it not been for Mike Smith, who he's taken a lot of shit on this podcast recently, had it not been for Mike Smith, that game does not get to overtime. Mm -hmm. So my question for you guys is, what 
is going on with the Oilers' lack of consistency? Why can they have a good start right now and they have zero or very little ability to actually close out the game? Okay, so I think the the New York game and the Buffalo game kind of go hand in hand in this. It's just, it, I think to, it just shows a lack of maturity is what it is. We all know what happened in that in that New York game. The boys are up 6-1 going into the third period. They're getting excited. It's New Year's Eve. And I think it's fair to say they 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 took their eye off the ball or their eye off the puck. Um, the Buffalo game, they go up 2 nothing early. They're feeling they're feeling good. And then all, like Rasmus Ristolainen starts looking like an elite shutdown defenseman against yeah. you. Like... <laughs> It's just, it's it's bad. Like I was watching the game and I was like, you know what? Ristolina doesn't look at, you know as bad as he has the past couple of years. And I started to, started to think more and I was like, you know, you know what it is? We're making him look good. And this is what happens. And I think it just shows, this is also, I think what happens when you have so much turnover year after year after year is you have no, that's how you develop as a mature team together. Like that's why a Boston is so good. And that's why uh, uh, Washington is so good or St. Louis is, you have this, you know, the majority of your players play together year after year after year. This is just, I think the, the lack of maturity is showing. Um, you know, we do, we have a young uh, captaincy group. Yeah. And I think that's really what's coming into into play here. Personally. I have no stats to back it up. This is just something that just feels like. Well, it's like one of those a, things that stats call, really can't. Yeah, but it's just what else could be the reason behind it? It reminds me of, uh, what you said, Nick, reminds me of my friend Rob. Let me tell you a story. Okay. We were playing slow pitch, as we mm. do, as younger men. We're having some cocktails. Excellent. He's playing out in right field, Tyler. Mm-hmm. He has got a sky-high pop coming his way. Oh, boy. Oh we're talking boy. way up there. And he's planted himself underneath it, and he's got his glove up, and he's looking to make a play because somebody's trying to tag to go home. Oh. However, my friend Rob took his eye off the ball. Oh, boy. And what happened next was that he got corked in the forehead. Oh, no. And all of a sudden, he has to get himself six or seven stitches. Oh, Rob. Ooh. <laughs> I will never forget the sound of that ball corking him in the forehead oh my and God. seeing him drop in right field. It was hilarious. <laughs> he was fine, so it was okay. <laughs> but what you just said, so what you're saying, Nick, I think, yes. is that the Edmonton Oilers are, are my Rob. friend Rob. Yes, the Oilers are Rob. Tyler, what's going on? Why can't they close these games out? Uh, um, I'm also just marking that down because it's hilarious. <laughs> Rob. Um yeah, I, I kind of touched on it. It's the here we go again, right? Like against the Rangers, you give up one, okay. You give up two, and it's like, hmm. You give up three, here we go again against the Sabres. You're up two nothing. You're feeling good. They start to get some chances, and then one goes in, and you go, here we go again. And I mean, I we've I think we've hit all the major points. There's attention to detail. There's not getting depth scoring. Their stars aren't producing as much as you'd like at five on five. It's a bunch of shit. So what's the solution? I think the biggest one is attention to detail because you'll stop blowing leads if you pay more attention to detail. The Buffalo Sabres have given up more than two and a half goals in six of seven coming into that game. You had two in the first nine minutes. I hadn't even sat down to watch the game. I was out running errands. I was like, ah, shit, I'll miss the first 10 minutes, whatever. I sit down, it's two nothing. You're like, great. Buffalo's awful defensively. They leak goals against. And then you go 50 minutes without fucking scoring. Then you go a minute and a half in overtime without touching the puck. That's attention to detail. That's nothing more than that. Nick, what's the solution? To to fix our scoring woes? No, to fix the, once they get a lead, to be able to not just, because I hate watching teams sit back and try to sit on it. What is the solution for the Oilers to get the lead and keep pushing forward? You know, that was that was such a characteristic of the McTavish teams of we would always get these leads and then kind of sit back and let teams claw back in. 
But I think it just sums up everything we've talked about. It's it's a t- the attention's to detail. It's playing better structurally in your own end, not like not dropping the pass to nobody along the half wall. It's just little things like that that lead to a little bit of momentum. You know, the one thing we didn't even talk about is right before Buffalo scored their first goal, McDavid got robbed on a on a mini break uh, by Olmark. So that could have sw- swung the game too. They had the momentum going in their favor. Um, and then we haven't even talked about the awful call in overtime, but if we Ugh. want, if we want to, let's talk about it. Okay. This, so. That's not a penalty shot. I mean, what maybe the rule dictates it is, but in my opinion, if a guy has his scoring chance negated, but then you have it followed up by two like prime high danger scoring chances that Mike Smith has to make a windmill glove save to stop, you don't get awarded a penalty shot. It's a penalty for sure. McDavid hooked him or whatever they called him for. But it's, it's just not a penalty shot. I think it's just such a horseshit call. To me, when I saw it, and I said this in the post-game show, um, again, on official Oilers Nation after every game, definitely a penalty. Absolutely. But I didn't think that the Sabre was so free and clear that it was, it was a... Jack Eichel of all people, too. And, of course, you don't want Jack <laughs> yeah. Eichel to be the one that fucking gets yeah. it. But, like, I don't think that Eichel was so free and clear that it merited a penalty shot. No, I... I don't like Tyler. Do you know what the actual rule is as far as that goes? Surveyor Brett has lots of refereeing explanations mm-hmm. on his timeline. He made it sound like if you lose your scoring chance, that's going to be a penalty shot. And that rule has always been confusing to me because it's like, what is a clear cut breakaway? Mm-hmm. What is losing your scoring chance? Mm-hmm. The frustrating part for me, non caller call out. More after that. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, well, the frustrating part for me is that Eichel gets that call. How many times does McDavid not get oh, it? Man. I was just and say that, that just pisses me off. Like I've gone off on the refs so many times that I'm just a little sick of doing it. But like, man, I would love for Connor to get that call once in a while. I when he's driving and someone's grabbing his arm. I think that's the biggest problem that I have with it. A penalty, okay, maybe, sure, whatever. Penalty shot, probably no. But man, how many times do we sit there as Oilers fans watching McDavid coming in on a breakaway mm-hmm. opportunity, splitting the defense, and just getting his ass whooped by defensemen, and and no calls are made. Like I don't know how long it's going to take for somebody in the Oilers organization to step up and have a Tortorella level rant and just blow up at the league. Oh, okay, fine. That whole because th- you know what the thing is, is it's ridiculous. It's so frustrating to see the inconsistencies in the refereeing, the refing across this league. So that's this Tortorella's ninth fine as yeah. a coach in the NHL. I love it, man. God bless him. And you know what? The, the, the leagues have a habit of doing this where they find their coaches for saying shit like that because they're like, you're making us look bad. You're making us look bad. Stop saying what you're saying. Here's tw- 20 grand. A fucking guy gets an elbow to the head and the, and the guy who did it to him doesn't even get fined 20 grand. You know what makes the league look bad? The, the league looks bad when they keep trying to muzzle their fucking coaches for calling them out on their bullshit refereeing. It's true. It is. They're it, very inconsistent it, all over. And I'm not. Ju- we're not even just saying that as Oilers fans. No. Like, watch any game, and you will see very lackluster referee. It, it. You know, it's 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 either in the NHL or the NFL. It's like nobody fans. If your fans don't know what a what a goal is, what goal interference is, what a what a hook is, what, what a penalty a, shot is, what a catch is, like you're doing something wrong. There, there's something wrong going on there. Like, do we just go to fucking robots and just have an eye in the sky? It's, it's super interesting, hey? Like, I remember back to the first lockout, which is hilarious to say, but, like, remember after the 95? first lockout came? Not that one, ah, the next one. Ah. Um, when they came back and they were literally oh, calling everything. When was the last time you saw an obstru- obstruction hooking call? 
They're gone. They don't <laughs> exist anymore. That was an actual call that would come up on the on the score yeah. sheet. Obstruction hooking, obstruction tripping. It's not a thing anymore. Or where's the obstruction interference calls? <laughs> That's the one that drives me up the wall. When you have a, a player doing a dump and chase or something like that, and then the defenseman kind of just mirrors them and oh, yeah. says, "Oh, I didn't touch him." Yeah, it's exactly. A pick play. I hate that one. Mm. That's the one that really pisses me off on a regular basis. I noticed that too. It's funny because like how many picks people are getting away with now as if they're not throwing a pick like yeah. in basketball. Like on, yeah, like on the blue line, you just you just pick the guy who's trying to dump it and yeah. go to the go to the net. It's brutal. Speaking of calls, last night against Buffalo, late in the game, there was a potential over-the-glass call going to be made, but it was negated. So Marty Baron had an interesting tweet. He's an analyst for the Sabres. Was yeah, he at the game? I think he's between the benches oh, okay. for the Sabres ice. Okay. So Marty Baron tweeted, the referees were going to call a delay of game penalty on Ristolainen. McDavid had the refs convinced it was a penalty. Then James Neal came over and confessed he deflected the puck out, of pe- uh, puck out of play. No penalty. McDavid was not happy with James Neal. Still 2-2 with five minutes left to go. That call could have changed everything. <laughs> this would have been a much, much lighter podcast. So... What do you think about James Neal? If this is true, obviously, we're going to take Marty Baron at his word. We're going to say, allegedly, in our opinions, he's right. What do you think of James Neal confessing that he deflected the puck, whereas I am under the snitches get stitches rule of lifestyle, where if that goes out, hey, bro, that's tough. A guy like, I don't know, Zach, correct me if I'm wrong, but a a media guy like Marty Baron is not going to tweet that out unless it's true, right? He's a Sabres media guy. You'd, you'd think, right? I mean, you'd hope. He seems to me like he, he's yeah. not this kind of reporter or scoopsy kind of guy. No. So uh, to me, if he's tweeting that out, it's there's got to be some sort of kernel of truth. Now, maybe there was something he, something lost in, in you know, there's, it's mm. loud on the ice or something. And he misheard something, who knows? But if that's true, what the fuck, James Neal? Well, you see, there's, <laughs> there's a reason why you only have one player talking to the referees and that player is got the C on his chest. Exactly. Yeah. Like, James, shut the hell up. Go to the bench, sit down, let Connor talk. And go out and score a power play goal, man. That's your bread and butter. Yeah. What are we like talking shit. about? And here's the thing, too, is that line, Dry Settle, Yamamoto, and Neil were the best line last night. Oh, they were so good. Oh, sorry, Nuge. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. They it had a 72% great, Carsey if you're into the fancies. Nice. Mm. So, like, so yeah, Neil is coming off a hat trick the game before. Like, what are you doing trying to bust that momentum up? He's just being a Absolutely. good Canadian boy. I, I don't suppose. get it, it's man. It's too nice. Way too, too nice. nice. Million dollar smile. Yep. Oh, Heart of gold. Oh man, it's crazy Neal. to me. So I don't know. What do you guys think? True? Real? I don't know. I don't know. If it is, you can't do that. <laughs> yeah, man. You if can't. it is true, you take that shit to your grave. Well, yeah. and we had talked about it before we started recording, but you know, Voracek had done something earlier in the season for the Flyers. Yeah. And it was like, well, you know, it's a sportsman thing. It's, it should be about sportsmanship. I bet you he'll like, get a call later in the year. Yeah, you know what? Like, doesn't get you paid or championships all the time is sportsmanship. Sometimes you got to just take the advantages that you can get. It reminds me of my Wee double A coach, Tyler. Oh. Could you imagine? Sorry, but like, could you imagine if last year in that NFC game, when uh, the Rams got that, didn't get called for that pass interference call, and they went to the Super Bowl, if Sean McVay would have went up to the coaches and be like, you know what, actually, that was pass interference. You should probably call that out of sportsmanship. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm sorry, man. Anyway, Pee Wee Coach Bag Milk. He just said, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. Which oh, yeah. is a great thing to teach twelve year olds. But hey, you know what? <laughs> I think Life every lessons. minor hockey coach has said that to his players at some point. Like, hey, sometimes you need to hook a guy. I think Bo Horvat came out after the game against the Oilers and said, 
yeah, I didn't think my goal would count. Like, he kind of fessed up to, I thought it was a kick. He didn't go up to the ref watching the no, tablet man. and go, see that right there, guys. That move was intentional. Yep. So don't count it. Like, fuck, man. See, I grew up playing football, and I remember in one playoff game, our football coach came up to us and said, go out there and kick somebody's ass today. And that was the message that they sent. It wasn't, it wasn't go out there and be nice. It was no. Go out there and hurt somebody. That's minor I had a, football. I had a That's friend, football. I had a friend, Curtis, years ago who said... Shout out to all our buddies in, yep. when we were younger, by the <laughs> he way. He said, get rich or die trying. The real ones. Hey, absolutely. My buddy, Curtis Jackson. 100%. Shout out to Fitty. <laughs> <laughs> um, do, should I read some uh, some Twitter questions here, Bagnolk? Please. I sent out a little thing before the, we started the show. One, Jason Strudwick asked... Um, why are we all so big on bringing Josh Hosang? I think the, are we? Have we put that out there? I don't did know. Did he actually tweet us that? He did. He did. Yeah. I don't know if we're big on Josh Hosang. I think that the whole idea of a player that can score is very intriguing to Oilers mm-hmm. fans. I think that's all it is. Especially when you got a guy like Puliyarvi that we've talked about already over in Finland. He's not going to play for this team. Do you do a problem problem swap and hopefully Hosang yeah. can declare himself onto the roster? Maybe. I don't know. Do I care if he doesn't come here? No. I'm not begging for him, but like if they traded a fourth round pick for Josh Hosang, I wouldn't be like, what the fuck, Ken Holland? Are you kidding me? Is, mm. All right, give him a shot. Josh Hosang is probably going to give you something better than that fourth round pick will give you. Maybe. Yeah. Probably. What else you got? Um, Peter Westwood asked, well, we kind of touched on this a little bit, uh, bottom six updates. I don't really know what he means by that, but he also said, how are we liking Lagesson? Lagesson yeah. is... Lagesson. I don't know. I've said Lagesson, but... I've, is Kevin, it a hard G? Kevin Quinn was saying Lag- Lagason, so I don't know. Anyway. Could be how, a hard G, could be a soft G. How are we liking him? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah I meh. agree. <laughs> what else we got? Tyler? Next. Yeah, it's meh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we, uh, a lot of stuff about Kara. Jujar's eh. having a rough go. Uh, Bring a, the mustache back, man. You haven't scored since you shaved the mustache. I'm just throwing that out there. I tweeted about this, but I'm a big uh, Kyra apologist, and I hope that he's an Edmonton Oiler for life. Okay. I, like I could do without that one. Go I've ahead. I've seen yeah. some stuff. <laughs> I've seen some stuff about him uh, not being an NHL player. I think that's a little over yeah, the top. That's a little over the top. To bottom six, though, but, uh, definitely. Um, would you keep Dry and McDavid together? Yes. Best chance to win is when you have the best duo paired up. Even though that dry settle line played very well last night. You got to see more of that dry settle line. I'd love I, to see more of that line. I kind of agree. Yeah, yeah but I, at some point here, I'd like to see Connor and Leon back together. The problem is, is that they don't have enough skilled wingers that they could be like, okay, Nuge, Dry, Yam, you're the second line and you're going to be good. But then Connor's left with Cassian. And Cassian's fine. Yeah. He's a fine NHL player. But on the other side, it's like, all right, James Neal, you are killer on the power play, but at five on five, not necessarily. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and we kind of touched on this. How much would you pay Darnell Nurse? This is from our friend Lars Kaliu, by the way. Um, how much? Would we, Former how, guest. Yep. How much would we pay Darnell Nurse? We talked about that. Um, and have we ever been to any of his comedy shows? Do we want to go in Vegas? He's going to be like, while we're there in Vegas? He just says, want to come in Vegas. Seems like a fun night for us. That'd be fun. Mm. Sure. Give us free tickets. Yes. I don't want and to pay. We'll I have no money. Finish up on this one from John C. Best lip balm favor, flavor. Oh, see, that's important. Especially mm-hmm. in Alberta. Very dry. Yeah. Burt's Bees. It's got to be Burt's Bees. It's a nice, smooth application. Great flavors. Lips feel great. But is Kissable. There, which, you know, you and Tyler always are making sure that those mm-hmm. are the nice and lip, Listen, uh, moist. For don't, don't be jealous that Tyler and I have a budding bromance going that's been blooming Listen, since the beginning. I just sit next to you at the uh, nation party and just watch the love grow ever more. And it just it was hard to watch. It's nice. Is there a specific flavor, though, of the Burt's Bees bag no, milk? No, not necessarily. I just I'm a standard just a standard guy. Just give me a nice Burt's Bees. Just I give can me the chapstick really flavor. Make sure that my kissers are ready to go. Zach, 
I have no preference. Do you not use? I, I do use, but I don't have a preference. Mm. Uh, mine is the the Lip Medex from uh, Blistex. <laughs> yeah, I think it's got to be Blistex. Actually, Nivea for men makes Ooh. a pretty good one as well. Oh, nice. This, when I when I worked in Airdrie many years ago, we had a bunch of old Calgary Sun branded lip chaps, and those oh, things boy. were incredible. Oh, I don't really? even know what the flavor was on it. It was the best lip chap I've ever had in my life. I've got like a box home stored in my house. Oh, here's a, here's one more. Actually, this is a good one. Uh, some prescient news. Why didn't the Oilers try to sign Kovalchuk? Because he's really slow and shitty at five-on-five so hockey. For those who don't know, he signed a 700K contract with the Montreal Canadiens for the rest of this season. Two-way contract. Like what's the difference? At this point, what's the difference between him and James Neal? They're both power play guys, right? Yeah, sure. Pretty okay. much. All right, let's finish off this week's podcast with an Arby's Hot and Cold Performer <laughs> of the Week. <laughs> All right, Zach. So what we do here is we go through the week that was, and we talk about the cold performers, we talk about the hot performers, and we just all make our little pick. We all make our pick. And as always, we start with the veggies before the dessert. Tyler, who is your Arby's cold performer of the week? The matzo sticks before the beef and ched, if you will. Tyler. Hmm. Damn it. I wrote down five hot performers. What? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Out of this week, there's five? Yeah, some guys I actually didn't quite mind. Okay. Uh, but Darnell Nurse is my cold performer. Okay. Um, if you want to get paid like a top four, top two D-man, you better consistently play like a top four, top two D-man. So uh, not too much to go into it. He's just been sloppy. I haven't liked his game. Um, just some really boneheaded mistakes where it feels like he's his head isn't in the game. I know that's a little cliche, but he is my uh, cold performer of the week. Nicholas, your Arby's cold performer of the week. Well... <clears throat> By the way, Arby's doesn't actually sponsor this, but <laughs> no. please do sponsor this Arby's. Go ahead. Kind of butter them up. We're trying to get some. Um, I'm going to have to give it to... I don't have anyone in particular, to honestly, because I in Tyler's... Like like Tyler said, in my head, I have a couple of the hot performers, but I just keep going back to that one goal last night with uh, Adam Larson playing as the veteran defenseman with with Lagesson, Lagesson, and just not, not being a great veteran D partner and uh, allowing the Buffalo Sabres to get back in the game having uh, them make both the same poor defensive choice behind the Oilers' net. Well, I was going to say Adam Larson. Even though Adam Larson is a very handsome man. Very handsome. Tyler. Tyler, push the button. Oh, sorry, guys. <laughs> oh, death cold. Tyler's sick. It's okay. Zachary Lang, your very first Arby's Cold Performer of the Week. I'm scrambling, but I'm going to go with uh, Mike Smith. Mm. He is bad. Even after last night? He is bad. Last night was his best play game in uh, a while. And it still wasn't even a great game, though. It yeah. was an okay game. <laughs> it was an okay yeah. game. It's true. Like, he's just been bad yeah. for a while. Like I, I, tweet, and I don't I tweeted, think there's any other way to put it. I tweeted out after the first period. It was like, is anyone else surprised that Mike Smith's save percentage is 750 right now after the first period? I just don't know why they keep going back to him. I don't know how you can trust him in any sense of the word right now. Apparently, Koskinen was sick last night. Well, yep. I'm sick right now. Tyler's sick. Look at him. He's putting in work right now. But yeah, I know what you mean. So do we look for goaltending help you can't you're stuck well i think you Are have we? to try you have to try right? who's gonna take mike smith well nobody but well, then you don't have the cap space wave them that's true wave them and so find a goalie for under a million bucks maybe it's basically yeah. what you'd have to do i mean you, you are you're kind of stuck with them right yeah you're stuck with a pileup <laughs> right now <laughs> you're coldy my Arby's Cold Performer You're of the Week is actually going out to a member of this podcast. It is going out to Rick because oh. Kaylor Yamamoto has been recalled. He has two points in two games. He has looked very, very good. And this is the first podcast back since 
his recall and Rick is not even here to talk about it, though he did text me and say, can you please tell everybody that I was right? No, he wasn't. I told you so from Rick. Rick, you are my cold Bullshit. performer of the week. <laughs> he wasn't right. He wanted him called up in week two, man. Yeah. For all we know, that extra time in the minors is exactly why yep. Kyler Yamamoto said, is doing as good as he was. If anything, Rick was wrong. We said we said after Christmas is what we said. Yep. And that's when he got called And he up. said now. Rick wanted it right, right now. Yeah, Benson and Yamamoto. Bring them both up. Stay tuned for next week's podcast when Rick is very much on the Tyler Benson trade mm-hmm. now that he's got his Yamamoto mm-hmm. recall. Mm-hmm. We are going to move on to dessert, the Arby's delicious dessert, which is, of course, beef and cheddar. We are going to start <laughs> with Tyler, your hot performer of the week. I got so many to choose from here. Um, I- I'm taking your answer bag. Mate. Don't you fucking do it. <laughs> All right, fine. I'll go with uh, my girlfriend describes him as her boyfriend's boyfriend because I just love Gaetan Haas so much. Yeah. Whenever he's on the ice, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, oh, Gaetan's out there. Oh, he's looking mm-hmm. good. I Man, they found a guy out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. He's a legitimate bottom six center mm-hmm. in the NHL. He skates like one. The offense is going to come, but you have to remember, this is the first time he's played on North American ice. Like The offense will come eventually with him. I'm sure of it. I really, really like Gaetan Haas, and I think as of late, He's been putting together just some great games. This is hot. Absolutely. Zachary Lang, who is your Arby's hot performer of the week? Going with Kyler Yamamoto. No. One goal, one assist. He's a plus one in two games. And he's got seven hits. The guy's like 5'8 and 130 pounds soaking wet. He's hot. That's really hot. Nikolaus? You know, even though if the rumor is true that he almost cost the Oilers a late power play opportunity, I give it to James Neal Hattrick against the New New York Rangers. Oh, sorry, Tyler. I don't know what you. I see that's hot. That's hot. That's hot. We're still working out the kinks here, Zach. Um, yeah, I mean, we're getting closer and closer to giving up that third round pick, uh, which is probably a big reason why. Actually, you know what? Can I switch it to Milan Lucic, Lucic and his blonde hair? <laughs> no, I'm not putting that on any social media. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, James Neal. Since I bullied Tyler out of the pick that I know he was going to take, I am going to take it because it is a layup. He is red hot right now. He has got seven points for three goals and four assists in his last five games. My homie, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, is my Arby's hot performer of the week. It's chicken. It's fried chicken. I like fried chicken. <laughs> Such a good I just clip. love that kid. Before we end off here, real quick, around the horn tomorrow, they're playing the Boston Bruins. The Bruins have cooled down, uh, cooled down significantly since the start of the season. However, they are still, even in losses, finding ways to get points, which is a problem. They also have got a lot of depth scoring that is going to challenge the Oilers up and down their lineup. Score predictions for tomorrow's matinee against the Boston Bruins. Zachary? It's going to be bad. Edmonton's going to lose 4-1. Nick? Mm. Edmonton's going to win. Uh, Boston's five-on-five scoring isn't actually that good. It's only middle of the pack. Both um, special teams for both teams are pretty evenly matched. So I'm going to say Edmonton squeak it out 4-3. Ooh. Tyler? Um, I think Miko is going to have a really, really strong showing, and it will be a 3-1 win for the Oilers. I always love picking the Oilers to win, so I'm going to go and say 5-4. Uh, Why not? Wow. Let's do it. All Let's right. Do it. And well, they're actually weirdly good going back to last year. Weirdly good in afternoon games on the East Coast. They are now. Mm-hmm. It's weird for a, for yeah. a while there. It was like, here we go. They're going to mm-hmm. get pumped, but they've just, been strong. I just don't have faith. I just don't have faith in the Saturdays. I really don't. That wraps it up for another episode of Oilers Nation Radio. Please subscribe and download anywhere you get your podcasts from. Thanks to Sherwood Ford the Giant again. Thanks to Skip the Dishes. And thanks to future podcast sponsor Arby's for jumping in on the Hot and Cold Performers of the Week. That is it. Have a great weekend, everybody. Just want to say, leave some reviews.
Yes, yes. go to iTunes, leave, leave some, some reviews. reviews. Please subscribe. Tell us how we're doing. Tweet at us. And we Instagram. Wanna, us. We want to read reviews on, mm-hmm. the, on the on the on the show. I did check this morning. There were no new <laughs> reviews from early December. So, like Nick said, go to iTunes, go wherever, and leave us some reviews. Mm-hmm. That's it, everybody. Have a great weekend. Best wishes. Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media to stay up to date and never miss a podcast. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.